It is the 11 Dub Cast. I'm Johnny. He's Andy. Here's here's the thing. So last time we did this and, and we were waiting for news to break, we're sitting around and we're like, all right, all right, we, we got this. We got this. If it doesn't happen today, it's definitely not happening tomorrow. And we'll be totally fine. We'll record the Dubcast and we'll publish it and we'll put it on the site and everything will be great and we don't have to worry about it. And of course, huge news broke literally a half an hour before the Dubcast went live and then everything went to hell and it was completely dated. I'm pretty sure a similar thing is about to happen. We have the Big Ten having all kinds of secret, you know, clandestine meetings. I guess it's like some kind of combination between John Wick and the you know, Vatican Council and all this other stuff. So I don't, you know, I don't know when the white smoke is going to emerge from, uh, you know, Chicago or whatever, from the Big Ten offices. Um, but I do know that there are doings a transpiring. So um, I don't know. It, it's How are you feeling right now? Are you excited? Are you cocky? Are you <laughs> hopeful? What, what do you think this all ends up once they finally come out with, you know, whatever the decision is? Because they've, they've got this presentation that apparently has happened. They have this um, timeline they're working with. Andy, wh- what the hell? What are we doing? Where's it going? I'm more confident now than I was, you know, before. <laughs> it's so funny, like the emotional roller coaster we have been on as a college football universe, you know, high highs, like oh, it's going to happen. Pretty low lows, it's not going to happen. There's not going to be mm-hmm. any sports. And, and, and just every time I think, okay, it's just not going to happen and I need to build a bridge and get over it, they reel me back in a little bit. And so all of a sudden now, there's this momentum building here over the past, what, week, I guess. Uh, and it sounds like, okay, it's probably not October 10th, but it might be October 17th or, or, or could it be October 24th? And, I mean, it might be October 31st, but it's probably October 17th or maybe the 24th. I, I, yeah. There's so they're going to start at January 3rd. And yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Don't put that and- evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess where I am now with, with the developments from, from what we've heard enough times for it to have the ring of credibility, you know, I feel like, okay, it's, it's, it's more likely to happen than it was at any point over the past two or three weeks, I guess. Mm-hmm. Does that, does that make you- sense? Like, I'm not sure yeah. that I... I'm not sure that I feel like it's more likely than not that it's going to happen, <laughs> but, 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 but I'm, I'm, I'm maybe at my most optimistic point in recent episodes. Well, at least they're going to like, we're pretty clear. We're pretty confident that they're going to come out of this with some kind of plan going forward. Now, if that Which actually, is a big development in and of itself, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And if, and if that happens, that's a big deal. That's a big honking deal. And, and I think once you do that, Uh, It's a lot harder to walk that back no matter what the situation is. I will say, I mean, you look at some of these ACC teams and you look at some of the other teams, you're like, okay, well, they're already rescheduling stuff because of, you know, COVID numbers and things like that. And you're like, "Mm, okay. Um, But if people get a handle on it and maybe it's not any worse than October, I, I think that you can see whatever plan they come up with actually be put into action. I'm more concerned in the immediate future just what they're going to come out and say because there's been so much speculation on the internet and, you know, I, I just am so tired of it at this point. And here's the thing, man, and I, we talked about this last week and it just, it still bugs the hell out of me. I understand that people want to say, I was right. I had the info first. I know what's going on. But what I don't understand is how anyone can act 
confident right now. It's weird to me that even guys like Dan Patrick are sitting there on their radio shows and going like, I got the inside scoop guys. This is the deal. And I'm like, no, you don't. You don't know what the hell you're talking. Nobody knows what the hell's going on right now. That's the whole reason why they're doing it right now is because they were in such a huge mess leading up to this. They didn't have a plan. They didn't have consensus going forward. There's no way that somebody has the inside info that's going to be like, okay, this is the guy we got to listen to because nobody knows. So I, it, it's wild to me that people are still trying to hang their hat on that. And I think I saw – it might have been Teddy Greenstein. I, I can't remember who it was who basically just threw up their arms today. I was yeah, like, was Teddy. Yeah. I was like, I'm done with this. Screw it. I'm, I'm done trying to figure out. I'm done trying to read the tea leaves. Whatever happens, happens. And frankly, that's the right attitude. Who knows what's going to happen? I certainly don't. I mean, I'm just going to wait for it to happen. You and I are recording this podcast fully expecting that everything we talk about over the, the, the course of this episode yeah. is going to be null and void about 12 minutes before we hit publish on the yeah. episode, just because that's the way this, this, this mess has, has come right. together. And, you know, I, th- I think the other thing that's, that's going to get lost in all of this because of just how piss poor the Big Ten has handled the communications of this and the coalition building that should have happened weeks and weeks ago is they're they're going to be somewhat um, uh, vindicated in that they've waited long enough that that maybe now they'll be a little more um, I don't know if prepared is the right word or not but they're going to have some answers like there's been some interesting news out about rapid COVID test Um, Mm -hmm. you know Colin reported uh, I think it was Friday maybe that Nebraska had secured some rapid COVID-19 tests uh, with a partnership through the University Medical Center. Um, You you had some um, news out over the weekend, Ohio State cardiologists talking about those cardiac MRIs that could help doctors, quote, feel safe about players getting back to playing after COVID-19 because some of the the cardiac issues for people who had been affected by the disease is one of the biggest reasons that the Big Ten wasn't going to play this year at all because of the, the unknown long-term consequences and you're going to have a, a player who contracts the disease and then drops dead from a heart issue, you know, when they come back to play. So, so there are some things that have come up in the past several weeks as we learn more about the disease and its longer term effects and all those things that maybe the big 10, you know, will be more, where, where they won't be vindicated as we all said to begin with is just delay, not this nonsensical, you know, we're just canceling the season right. mess that they rolled out. Which, uh, <laughs> it becomes increasingly assur- absurd each passing week that they didn't just say, like, okay, we might have to delay things. Like, I don't understand. I still don't understand. I didn't understand it then, and I, I definitely don't understand it now, why they would come out and say, and Kevin Warren would be like, okay, we're canceling the season. It will not be revisited. Like, are you really? <laughs> on, on, on August 11th, you're going to say that. Um, and here we are <laughs> over a month later and going, man, what are we going to do to get them back on the field in a month? How, how is that possible? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just been goof troop since the beginning. And it's, I don't know, man. Um, like I said, I don't know what's going to happen. I hope they come up with a coherent plan. I hope it works. I hope it makes sense. And I hope it's sooner and later. And, and here's the thing. I hope it's based on evidence and science and and that's that's why i do like the fact that they've had doctors on board and people out there who have really been vetting this stuff and and been intentional about it because as frustrating as it's been to watch this all unfold and watch a bunch of idiots try to predict what's going to happen i do appreciate that albeit very late they are trying to do this in a deliberative 
rational, scientifically based way. Um, again, they, they probably should have tried to figure this stuff out and had some kind of ongoing plan a long time ago, but this is the process that I think I personally feel comfortable with um, going forward. I would not have felt comfortable if it was just a bunch of coaches in a room saying like, hey, should we play? And then all everybody raising their hands and saying, all right, let's go. Like, I don't think that would have been adequate, but I think the way they're doing it now is a little bit more, I don't know. It, it makes sense. It, it makes sense for the situation and what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah, and you know, there's there's some interesting things happening in terms of Ohio State's involvement because you've got uh, Gene Smith and and President Johnson and uh, Dr. Borchers. And Dr. Borchers' first name escapes me, but but uh, what head head team doctor I think mm-hmm. was the was the you know so they've all been very involved in sort of this resurgence of conversations about you know whether to have a fall season and if so when. Uh, you know, I think Borchers is on one subcommittee. The president uh, uh, was on the subcommittee that supposedly was meeting or voting over the weekend to, you know, to put forth a plan to the full council of uh, presidents and chancellors who will ultimately decide whether or not we're going to roll the dice on this thing. Um, and, and it sounds like Ohio State has had a relatively influential voice now. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe you could go back and say, well, gosh, it would have been nice if those folks had had that same share of voice, you know, a month ago, two months ago when this was happening, but it's just clear that there there's been a lot of movement, even though the big 10 has been radio silent in essence, um, basically since the initial bungled rollout of the the decision to cancel. Um, but it does sound like, you know, the Buckeyes have had a pretty good size share of voice in getting this thing back on track. Yeah, well, and, and as they should. I mean, Ohio State is Ohio State and the bellwether for the rest of the Big Ten. And that's, you know, look, when it comes to sports, I think that's fair. A lot of people would say, well, this is the Big Ten and in conferences like this, usually, you know, you want everybody to be on board. You want to be unanimous. You want everybody to have an equal partnership and voice. But the truth of the matter is that Ohio State is a big part of why the conference is as, as financially successful as it is. And yes. they're the most organized. And, and frankly, I don't, <laughs> Ohio State has an incredibly well-run and professionally developed athletic department. I don't know that Rutgers, for example, necessarily should have the same kind of input on all of this as Ohio State. I'm not saying that, you know, in terms of like, well, if you don't play football good, then you can't be, you know, you don't get a voice. I'm not saying that. I'm saying institutionally Rutgers is a mess and that they may not have earned quite the same voice as Ohio State, which can kind of, I think, you know, walk and chew gum at the same time when it comes to medical concerns and sports concerns. I think Ohio State has the capability to do that. I don't know that every other conference or excuse me, every other university in the Big Ten necessarily has that. By the way, when I think of like Nebraska, for example, you know, super big time advocating for college football, I don't take that quite as seriously as maybe Ohio State does, right, with the Wexner Center. That's mm-hmm. great, you know, if you like football, that you've got that, you know, legendary institution on your side, but I don't know how much that means in the overall conversation. So I do like that Ohio State's kind of leading on this because I think they have the capability to um, on both sides of it and, and, and trying to figure out a rational and safe way to kind of go forward on this thing. So that's, you know, <laughs> like, like we said, I don't know if this is going to hold up in 12 hours. I really don't. I have no idea. But hopefully when this uh, publishes, people go like, oh, yeah, Johnny and Andy. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the smart guys in the room. I have no idea. Um, and it could come out that Suryat was right and they're playing on the third and <laughs> Ohio State's going independent. I don't know. 
Um, so we'll see. So that's, that's that. And it's, it's always evolving. It's always moving, but that's kind of what I like about sports and, and sports reporting. It's kind of interesting to, to follow that path. It's just a shame that it's in such a weird, crazy, you know, difficult situation. Um, we've got other stuff going on though. Ohio state doesn't sit still. No, nothing ever sits still in the sporting world. And it's particularly at Ohio state, two major components of Ohio state's football team are going to be gone and whatever the season looks like. Uh, Sean Wade obviously is, is probably the most well-known, but you, you miss White Davis too on the offensive line. So this is, this is interesting because let's say Ohio State plays eight games, right? And they are missing two huge components of their team. I mean, you know, Sean Wade, the dude's going to be a first-rounder, right? Yeah, you know, a lot absolutely. of people are projecting him top ten pick. If they win all eight games, maybe they don't look amazing. Does the committee look at them? You know, do they say like, well, okay, guys, you only did eight games and you're missing these two major parts of your team. Are we going to cut you some slack? How, how big of an impact, Andy, do you think this is on the team? Yeah, they, 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 won't, cut them, they won't cut them any slack. Uh, Ohio State will never get any slack cut. I, I, I don't believe that. We've seen enough. Um, we've seen enough game film of how these bloody committees have operated to know that Ohio State just isn't going to get the benefit of the doubt right nine, nine times out of ten and, and i realize baylor and tcu fans will will say well actually and you can just go sit down and uh pounce in, <laughs> but i don't care you have no argument um so what i what i think will be interesting is you know to some extent everybody uh is dealing with the same things right now you so you had oregon's big man on campus uh opted out you've had sec players have opted out yep. um there was some discussion that oklahoma was going to have like I don't know 12 or 15 uh, players out due to COVID and they still won a bazillion to zero or whatever it was uh, although you know the big 12 slate wasn't looking real good for a while it like no it's not there were, <laughs> there were some very there, there were some very um, heinous crimes committed to the game of football over the weekend so you know I don't know the, the part of the question that you alluded to there that I think is interesting is what happens to an Ohio State team if only eight games are played as, as opposed to nine or ten? You know, is eight mm-hmm. games enough? And, and I think a lot of us kind of feel like eight games is the minimum, right, that have to be played to really probably be, quote-unquote, uh, playoff eligible. And, and what we mean by that, in other words, is that if Ohio State starts the season, whether or not the Big Ten gets early enough, uh, you know, let's say they did start October 10th and you could roll with a ten-game season and potentially a Big Ten uh, conference championship game or if you start a week later and maybe it's nine game season with the conference championship you know, there's just not going to be a lot of room for error one of the things about starting later there aren't going to be those two or three potential bye weeks to collapse or reschedule games in if games get canceled or, or postponed or delayed or whatever because of, of COVID infections so let's say you start with only a nine game season and you have to cancel one game because you know one team or the other can't play uh, then I think maybe you have some issues in terms of how the playoff committee looks at whatever team that happens to be. That's not just Ohio State, whatever team that happens to be. Right. Do, 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 does Ohio State get sort of the benefit of the doubt because they're missing two of their potential first-rounders? No, I don't think they do at all. Um, but I do think this makes it, it makes it harder for Ohio State, right? Like this felt like team of destiny in a lot of ways. Because well, you know, I think it makes it harder just from a, a on the field standpoint. Well, yeah, mean, Sean, that's what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, Sean Wade, obviously. I mean, 
he needed to come back for a lot of people to feel really confident about this secondary in general. You know what I mean? Like that, that was the thing. People really breathed a sigh of relief when he decided not to declare for the draft because he really was going to be the linchpin of that defense and the, and the secondary in general. And then people were just kind of going like, Oh my God, like we <laughs> got to have this guy back. And without him, it, it's not that the, it's going to be a bad secondary. I mean, you've got the coaching, you've got the athletes, you've got the talent. That's all there, but man, you're losing a lot of leadership. You're losing a lot of reps. And in a season like this, you need reps. You need a guy who can be the field general, who can tell everybody else on the field what the pre-snap coverage has to be. Like all of that has to be present on the field. And Sean Wade not being there makes that a lot more difficult. Um, so I, I think that's a huge blow to the defense. Offensively, I mean, I think Wyatt Davis is an excellent offensive lineman obviously I, I think they'll be able to cover his loss a little bit uh more easily but again you're still dealing with you know a, a lot of guys who you just don't necessarily um I don't want to say trust because it's not like they're awful people or anything like that or they can't play the game but he again was another kind of cornerstone of the positional group that he was in and you know, if, if you feel cool about Gavin Cup, that's great. <laughs> that's, uh, I, I hope you do. Um, but he's not Wyatt Davis. And, and losing him, I think, is, is very similar, actually, to losing Sean Wade because it, it is a lot of snaps, a lot of leadership, and in a season where things are going to be super hectic, you know, assuming it goes forward and whatnot, uh, you need to have some steadying influences. And the offensive line, obviously, is a – big part of that like you you have to have stability there and it's you know Ohio State's had that in the past four or five years they've had a really good um solid core of offensive linemen and I don't know that you're necessarily going to have that in 20. Yeah, yeah I mean you look at Davis um you know as, as one of the linchpins of what could have been the most talented offensive line in the country or certainly one of the yeah one of the small number of of most talented offensive lines I mean I think uh you know every guy was like a, a they're all four or five star guys uh if you go back to their recruiting classes I think they were mm-hmm. all like top 60 guys it's crazy um the amount of talent that that had been assembled in that position group so you know it's a it is you're, you're right there's more depth there in terms of proven commodities or guys that you feel like can step up and take that spot right. um then then with the Sean Wade position that that's a challenge, right? That's going to be a real challenge. And you had, you probably felt a lot more confident just about the offensive line in general going into the season. Um, Depends of backfield. Maybe you were feeling like, uh, okay, they're good first tier, but you're concerned about depth. Um, <laughs> this line, um, Colin had a great piece Monday um, talking about, you know, kind of the, your five first takes on how Wade's opt out will affect, this season and you know he talked about depth and it's like there are a grand total of four quarterbacks on the roster right. who aren't true freshmen right so right. that's a that's a big issue uh now you trust Kerry Combs he's he's the man with the plan um he likes to run a deep rotation so he's going to figure it out I, I have faith and and him in that regard and he'll make the best of the situation but that gone it's going to hurt um it's really going to hurt and so you know uh We'll and I know what happens. And, and the other thing that's interesting, go back to our initial topic of are we going to start on the 10th, the 17th, the 31st, January? When, when is that? 
I'd be really interested to see if either of these gentlemen, I, I honestly don't think Sean Wade will opt back in regardless. If, mm-hmm. if they say they're going to start on the 10th, I, I still feel like he's just ready to go to the NFL. You know, yeah. watch, watch, I think watch, so watched week one of the league and said, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got that football, uh, got that, that, that hit and let's go for it. You know, Davis sounded like, you know, cause he, these guys have kind of made, made the media rounds and, or um, been vocal and social, you know, I could see um, Davis coming back potentially could say, op, you know, because if you wondered if the reason they were pulling the trigger, cause other, other people that were opting out spoke up weeks ago, you know, in other programs uh, and, you know, Ohio state's guys were, were kind of keeping their powder dry. And I, and I think, you know, because they know they're national title contenders. So maybe you wait, you know, if you, if you know, you're going to be playing in the Poland weed eater bowl. <laughs> then maybe you say, Hey, I'm a first round draft pick. I don't, I don't need this. I'm just going to right. focus on training for the draft. You got a chance to win a natty or a Heisman trophy or an Outland trophy or a Thorpe or, you know, whatever other trophies. And, and I'm not just talking about these two guys. I'm talking about any, any potential first or second round draft pick. Then, then the calculus is a little different, right? You might say, sure. Hmm. It, it it might be worth it for me to be able to tell my kids I won this particular prestigious award or I was a first team all American or whatever it is. Yeah. And I don't look, whatever they decide to choose, whatever path they decide to go down, I, I'm not begrudging any of this. And it's no, it's been, no, if, if you if, know, we've said for years, if you know, you're a first round draft pick, go cash the check. Right. And, and that, and that's, you know, talking about a normal season and, and opt, you know, going early, not opting out of a season. But in this case, this is a weird season that may end up with a big asterisk after it in the books anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if your choice is continue playing, potentially um, contract COVID and end up with a life altering cardiac condition or go train, you know, live, live a good, clean um, COVID free life for the next six months and cash that rookie signing bonus. Hey, that's not a bad choice. No, I'm not going to hate on that. No. And and that's the thing. Like you have those opportunities. They're, they're rare. They don't come along, you know, very often. And it's not like the Wades in general have been, you know, slow peddling this and going, Oh, I don't know about football this year. I mean, Randy Wade obviously has been at the forefront of trying to get this thing back in action. So this is, you know, this is something that's personal for Sean and I wish him all the best. It sucks for Ohio state football in 2020, but, for him, I think it's a great opportunity. And I, it's interesting because we, we talked about this a little bit before September amongst ourselves and the Love Warriors and, and whether or not players would want to take this opportunity. Would they try to go to the NFL or would they kind of try to do this, you know, shortened, uh, truncated season and, and just see what they can get? And I was always of the belief that if you have some kind of pre-draft evaluation where they think you're going to go in the first round or even the second round, I'd dip. I'd be like, you know what? I don't know that six or seven or eight games where half the team has COVID and they can't play, or we had to reschedule something 20 times, or we had to, we can only play conference opponents and our conference sucks. Like, I don't know how much that helps a guy. And I can totally see why somebody playing for, you know, Oklahoma or LSU or Ohio State would take a look at that and go, you know what? I don't know that this is worth the potential injuries or, uh, you know, season that doesn't end up going where anywhere or maybe is ended right before the end of it. Let, let's say things get worse 
in November and early December and they just have to stop the season altogether. What would be the point? Why would I take that risk? Um, so to me, this is a completely logical choice. I don't, I'm not happy about it uh, from a fan standpoint, but I understand it from a logical standpoint. Cause I honestly, I'd probably do the same thing. I'd be like, you know what you might, I'm <laughs> if I can get paid somewhere between, you know, like, 10 and 20 or $30 million for basically just working out by myself for the next eight months. I'm going to do that. I'm, I think that might be the move. Yeah. Where do I uh, sign up for that option, Johnny? I, you know, I'd like to get in on that. That'd be great. <laughs> well, we did the, so the no cap podcast, right. And, and uh, I was talking with Tyvis and I was like, I'm a very, you know, <laughs> we were talking about various sports things. I was like, Tyvis is a, as a very slow man myself. I don't know that I can fully relate to some of these realities that people are dealing with right now. Some of these athletes, you know, realities that athletes are dealing with. And he was like, Oh no, you know, I'm not that fast. He was like, "Uh," first of all, yes, you are. Second of all, (laughs) second of all, let's say hypothetically that you were slow. Let's say you're an offensive lineman. You would still be demonstrably faster than me. I don't understand that world. And therefore I cannot cast judgment upon that world Yeah. Uh, when it comes to making those kinds of decisions. Cause as you just intimated, I don't ever think that I was ever in the cards for me to make those kind of decisions. Um, so like I said, all I can say is I wish Wyatt the best. I wish Sean the best. And I think they'll do great in the NFL. And speaking of the NFL, which we did get back this past weekend, um, Ohio state players, we're kind of kicking some ass, honestly. And, and it seems like a lot of Ohio State players were kicking some ass. Did you watch any of the, let's say, Bengals game, Washington game, Ravens? Like, what did you check out all these Ohio State players in action over the weekend? So I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I, I, did, uh, I did the family thing over the weekend. We actually okay. drove from Columbus, Ohio, up to the Twin Cities of Minnesota for a dog show. Uh, oh, that's right. Out, outdoors, socially distanced, uh, masks were worn by all, and nice. uh, the number of folks in the immediate uh, ring area were limited by the the show stewards. Hats off to the Norwegian Elk Count Association of Minnesota <laughs> for running a very clean and COVID conscious show. Very, very impressed with that. But uh, because of that, we were at the Washington County Fairgrounds all day Saturday and Sunday watching uh watching the dog shows participating in the stunning mrs vance and our beast did very well super proud of them and so i i was living vicariously in the football sense through through you and our our fellow 11 dubbers and uh, my my um people i follow on the twitter dot dot com uh <laughs> sounded like uh ohio football and the nfl world went just about as planned uh, sound just like a typical season in Ohio NFL football. That, oh, that yeah, count? yeah. Browns, Browns, I mean, you know, the Browns just got stomped, which is perfect Browns football. And, of course, the Bengals lost in the most embarrassing way possible, which is really fantastic. I don't want to dwell on the outcomes of those games uh, because they were horrible. Uh, and, you know, when the Browns lose, it's just kind of funny to me because, you know, I'm a Bengals fan. When the Bengals lose, I, I feel nothing at this point. I'm numb. I am just – I'm immune to all Bengals failure. And people like, <laughs> like, I have people sometimes come up to me and be like, ah, Bengals, they got smashed. I'm like, yeah, you sure did. Yep. That's uh, true. That's, and, that's, and I have to admit, I can't take too much um, Schadenfreude in in Cleveland and Cincinnati's pain. Like it, as much as I might like to, 
uh, because at, at least at the moment, I've got the, the Pittsburgh-New uh, York Giants game up on, on uh, ESPN GameCast. Here I'm watching as we're recording this. Yeah, the Steelers apparently aren't looking great either, so. <laughs> Good. <laughs> what have you? Good, Good hell. <laughs> yeah, we, um, we can all agree we need Ohio State football back stat. Thank you, yeah. please, and let's go. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. Um, so, you know, in the I love the fact that Chase Young got a sack and a half in his first game in the NFL. Yeah, he is he is the man. And a strip I watch, fumble. I watched like, some of the the game film, you know, on Twitter, and it's just like, oh, he's so good. And, and, and it's I mean, hilarious because it's the same stuff. It's the exact same thing that he was doing. He didn't. It's like he did not miss a single beat. You could literally. It felt like he just put on a different uniform. It was yes. doing the exact same thing. There's no difference. It's just okay. Well, that's Chase Young, and he's going to be a problem for his entire career. And like and can't. and the hell of it is, it's not like he was, you know, just um, you know, oh, going to take a game or two to get warmed up. No, it's like the first play of the game. You know, yeah. he's, you can tell he's, he's going against a Pro Bowler. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the thing. We're not talking about fourth string scrubs here. You know, because the line's been depleted by COVID or right. whatever. It's like you're you're going against a guy who has paid his dues, and yeah, yeah. So he got Chase Young I mean, does he, Chase Young things. He's, he's Chase Young, and he's going to be Chase Young. And I don't – you know, anybody who was worried about his skills or whatever not translating appropriately to the NFL, it's completely unfounded. The dude the dude is the real deal, and he's – like I said, he's going to be a problem for a long time. J.K. Dobbins didn't get a ton of opportunities against the Ravens. He still had a couple touchdowns, which was sweet. Um, but I think – I think I just want to say it pisses me off that um, the Ravens drafted him. At least when <laughs> – at least when Ohio State guy goes to uh, Cincinnati or Cleveland, I can at least take some solace that, well, they're going to an Ohio team, mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's fine. And if they do well against the team that I happen to root for that is not Cleveland or Cincinnati, it's not the end of the world. In this case, it's the end of the freaking world. So, you know, <laughs> I love that guy as a player, and the fact that he's on the Ravens really, really just – torques me off <laughs> yeah i think here's the thing i think what's going to happen is they will figure out better ways to get him involved in the offense well they need to <laughs> yeah and and the thing is is that he yes he had two touchdowns they were pretty much short yardage you know right by the goal line touchdowns i i think he's going to be really scary for them rolling out of the backfield and they did that a couple times they, they had a couple plays where they put him in motion um and the defense kind of had to account for him but i think they were more concerned about lamar jackson which is fair I just think he adds an, an element to that rushing attack that Mark Ingram doesn't. Although, I mean, Ingram, pretty damn good football player in his own right. So I'm just really curious to see how they try to do it. Right now, it just doesn't feel like they know exactly what to do with them. Um, but I think once they figure out what his skill set is and, and what that looks like in the offense, you know, in live football, uh, I, I think they'll um, – I think they'll open it up for him a little bit, which is good, mm -hmm. which is good. And, and here's the thing. It's not just, you know, recent guys. I mean, obviously you've got uh, JK and, and uh, Chase Young tearing it up, but Dwayne Haskins, who did not have a good start to his game, comes back and, and leads Washington to a comeback win. Pretty kick-ass. Uh, Terry McLaurin, which, you know, Terry McLaurin – First of all, I love the fact that he's kicking ass because he's a great human being. Like, he's a really genuinely nice dude um, in so many ways. And also, it's hilarious because nobody expected this from Terry McLaurin. <laughs> nobody thought Terry McLaurin was going to be this guy who is just, you know, the best wide receiver on an NFL football team, but he is. 
And I think him and Haskins will continue to develop. And he's going to get better. Dwayne Haskins is going to get better. Um, I think that'll work out. Joe Burrow, you know, he, I thought, played really well. I didn't get to watch it because of the NFL's asinine broadcasting rules. But from what I did get to watch uh, and highlights and other things like that, he, he does not seem overwhelmed by the game at all. Uh, you know, Bengals have a trash offensive line, but I think he did the best he could with that. Yeah. Um, and he had a little bit of, uh, you know, <laughs> a little bit of Buckeye on former Buckeye violence done to him when, when Bosa sacked him <laughs> in that game. And then, of course, the Bengals lost in the most Bengals way fashion by shanking a gimme field goal um, at the very end. Yeah, just doinked it right off the the uprights there, so um you know Ezekiel Elliott had a good game it's just it's it's kind of wild to watch all of these Ohio State football players have such a huge impact in the NFL even guys you know guys like Paris Campbell who Paris Campbell is somebody who should definitely be talked about as one of the best Ohio State wide receivers in the past half decade but maybe he's not and and he did a really good job uh for the Colts so I just like I said it's it's kind of wild because you see a lot of these guys um make a pretty big impact uh across the NFL whereas I think previously you might have thought like I don't know you pick one or two guys to follow but now it feels like I'm actually going to be invested in a lot of football a lot of NFL football a lot more than I used to be because there's so many guys to pay attention to well and you've got uh you know you you left out uh, Carlos Hyde got his first Carlos, uh, touchdown as a, as a right. Seahawk you know Carlos Hyde who I I once uh shared a physics lecture with so fantastic we were we were we were classmates there for for a brief period of time that was uh I don't think we ever spoke but I knew who he was <laughs> you know um, which is important by the way another guy i mean you can look we have it on the uh on the website obviously but uh, underrated stat and underrated football player maybe not by us by ohio state fans because i think we all recognize the importance of the punt but can johnson look five punts almost 54 yards per punt three inside the 20 Dude, that's that's a that's a damn good performance. And the reason why I add this is because he said for every punt inside the 20 that he does this season, he is going to donate the adoption fee for a local Philly animal shelter. So he's going to allow somebody to – that is one of the coolest things. I love that. I absolutely awesome. love that. And now I'm actually enticed to watch Eagles games because now I want to see how many dogs are going to get adopted because Cam Johnson is the best – uh, Ohio State punter in a very long time yeah, and uh, translating those skills to the NFL. That's pretty yeah. awesome. I love and, that. And good on you, Cam, for doing that. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, so it's it's a lot of fun. And, and look, I'm not normally an NFL guy, and maybe that's because I'm a Bengals fan, but I I was a little pumped this past weekend, and I had felt investment in the NFL like I had it before. And I think it's just because there's so many Buckeyes in the league that are, are making waves. I think that's pretty kick-ass. So yeah, it's, it's, it's really incredible. Yeah, you, you, you go down through, you know, to have 50 guys make the roster is no mean feat in and of itself. Uh, and then when you go down through it and look at the production they had in, in week one, it's the real deal. And by the way, uh, we were talking last week, somebody mentioned this on Twitter and pointed out, out to us, like the best Ohio State um, player, you know, within the past 20 years or so Ooh, in the NFL. Yeah. We, we forgot about Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah, we need to, we need to uh, hang an L here because we, we, yeah. we missed a pretty obvious one. Yeah, Malcolm Jenkins, both on the field and off, is one of the most impressive Ohio State football players in maybe forever. 
And, you know, given that the guy, what, he's won a Super Bowl, right? Like, I, like that's, that's pretty damn significant. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm a big fan of Malcolm Jenkins. I think the dude uh, is, is definitely made a really big career for himself, uh, you know, in Philly and New Orleans and all that. And uh, one of my favorite players when I was, you know, still in college, honestly. Like, I, I thought he was, he was one, like one of the best defensive players and, and, all of college football. And I'm really glad to see that he had such a successful career and has had such a successful career in the NFL. Um, Yeah. He's a really interesting cat and uh, definitely has made some, some good moves at the pro level. Um, So yeah, shame on us for forgetting that guy. Cause. And and had six tackles and a pass deflected uh, in his game Sunday. So continuing to continuing to what a decade um into his career now like how many years has he been in the league oh, now? It's, it's, i think it's been longer than that let's i mean what year what year yeah i guess it have to be now i mean he's mr longevity uh guy's 32 years old yeah wow that's i mean <laughs> yeah i mean that, so he was drafted nfl terms right yeah, yeah okay, he was drafted so, in the 2009 nfl yeah, first round so so yeah i mean we're we're in his second decade so it, we're, we're yeah yeah, which is, I mean, that's that's some that's some damn good work out of him. So, yeah, like I said, I'm going to keep following the NFL and, and checking all these guys out. One interesting guy who did not show up super big on the sheet was Michael Thomas, who I think lays claim to maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. But they just they focus so much on taking him out of the game that the Saints ended up kicking the crap out of you know. Well, and uh, I think read that he had a high ankle sprain. Yeah, um, yeah, he's a little hot. So, you know, yeah. that's uh, that, that's a challenge. Said, said he thinks he'll be able to play through it. Um, doesn't sound like he's expecting to take uh, any time away, but still, it's a thing. Yeah, so that's, like I said, it, it's a lot of fun. It's cool to watch these guys, and uh, the NFL is back, so you can watch that. You can check it out. Um, so that, I think, serves as a pretty good segue and ask us anything. But before we do that, we want to remind you that the Dubcast is sponsored by the Dry Goods Store at 11warriors.com. Uh, drygoods.11warriors.com. Shirts, hats, stickers, all kinds of great stuff. Masks, beanies. We got. I, lo- I still love the winter hat. And it is getting slightly cooler out, which <laughs> I get so over-eager, honestly. Like, so stupidly over-eager. As soon as it dips below 75, I'm like, all right, winter's coming. Let's go. I put on my sweater and my, you know, my jacket. I'm like, all right, I love it. And then it becomes, you know, it's 90 degrees in October and I refuse to take off my, my hoodie, but, um, I'm excited. I'm pumped. And so there's a lot of good stuff in that store. Check it out, buy some stuff, get yourself ready for fall. So let's do ask us anything here. Um, remember you can send us questions to ask us anything to dubcast at 11 warriors.com or at 11 dubcast on Twitter. Let's start with our good friend, Matt. Matt wants to know, uh, I'm sure nothing of importance will happen this weekend. And actually it, that seems to have been true. Uh, so <laughs> good, in case good you, call, Matt. you were on it, well, that's well, right. your crystal ball is undefeated. That's right. So follow Matt. And make sure that you uh, send him uh, all your Venmo money. Um, so, so here's his question. He says, what's on your bangers Ohio State playlist? Of course, there's across the field in Buckeye Battle Cry, but what else? I uh, will cop to just at times putting on uh, nothing but Ohio State marching band music, uh, which, you know, by the way, this is a good plug. There is a great um, documentary on Vimeo right now. It's you have to buy it, but the funds go toward 
a Tabiddle scholarship fund. I think I want to say it's called um, Tabiddle 141, I, I think okay. is, the, is the title. Um, but if you go on the marching bands webpage or any of their social profiles, there's several links to it. Um, it's a nominal fee on, on Vimeo, but if you are, are like me and have an Apple TV or some other streaming device, you can stream it on your, your regular television. You don't have to watch it on a, on a small screen or, or laptop or whatever. Um, but a really cool documentary about, um, Oh, the 140, I think it's 141, 141st uh, edition of the marching band, something along those lines. Um, mm -hmm. But it's really great uh, kind of behind the scenes footage. But, but so anyway, back to the question. I have been known to, because in the, in the days when I still bought um, CDs, uh, and I don't know if they still put these out, but the, the marching band used to put out an album basically every year. I yeah. uh, would have different themes. There was one that was called Buckeye Blockbusters. Um, and, and, and so of course, in addition to the regular school songs, they will then have a selection of, of other songs that, that they perform. Um, and so I've got two or three of those CDs, um, some from my undergraduate days, others that I've just picked up over the years. And so I, I love them, but, um, so Le Reg, which is the, the, the song that, uh, they play, of course, when they're doing script Ohio, I mm -hmm. love, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. Um, uh, love. We don't give a damn for the whole state of Michigan. I will sing that every time it comes on in the car. <laughs> uh, love. And of course, Carmen, Ohio. I, I've said this on the show before. Uh, when I'm in the stadium for a game and we, we sing Carmen, Ohio um, together, I always, always get choked up. So yeah, those are, those are some of my favorites. But those, those albums, I would highly encourage you to go and listen to because there, and, and some of them um, I think are, some of them are available on Amazon too. I think you can actually, I, I need to look that up, but I think you might be able to find some of those still for download on Amazon. Yeah, you should totally do that. I'm not sure that that's what you were asking in the question and I kind of no, it's off fine. into I, standing for the marching band. Um, no, but I think that's good. I think that's gets you in the mood on a Saturday, right? Non-marching like non band music though, anything by ACDC. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm an ACDC junkie. So, I mean, Thunderstruck is like really overplayed probably and football settings and locker rooms in general, but Thunderstruck is great. But I also um, dig Stiff Upper Lip. Stiff Upper Lip is a, is a banger. Um, mm -hmm. uh, also, uh, Money Talks. You can, you can, you can <laughs> that's a good, honestly, talks. that's a, if you're going through ACDC's catalog, I think Money Talks is definitely an Ohio State like that 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 is that's one you could slap the ohio state logo on that Let's to me do it. sounds like that would really fit in well with the whole you know theme yeah, of, of you bet columbus you bet. and campus and whatnot uh tnt tnt is great for those about to rock you know rock and roll ain't noise pollution i could go on i could go on and on and yeah. and maybe i i mean i have been going on and on <laughs> Let's, well, I would let's say just, let's just mix that, Johnny Lee. We'll just go to Biddle and ACDC, and I'm good. That's probably yeah, no, I, I like the combo. I think it works well, particularly for college football. I would say for me, I want to go back. I really enjoy. Oh, so um, good. And here's the thing about I want to go back. It's not originally an Ohio State song. I think it's originally, I want to say Cal. It's I know it's a California school song that they started and mm. Ohio State kind of took. I think it maybe I was did like, not know that. Yeah, and I think what happened was this is just speculation on my part. I know, I know it didn't originate at Ohio State. I'm like 99% sure it originated in a Cal school, um, or maybe that's where Ohio State picked it up and originated someplace else. I think it might have something to do with one of the bowl games where Ohio State fans heard it and then kind of adopted it. Um, but anyway, my point is is that I like that song a lot because it's a true drinking song and it's it's only sung by Ohio state really. Like it's kind of fallen out of favor. Other places don't do it. And Ohio state, it feels just unique. It's not something that is like a, 
you know, traditional thump, thump college kind of sound. And I, I, I appreciate that. I like that. It's kind of a meandering boozy kind of song. It's yes. So, um, and I also, when I was on campus, what I would do to get myself in the mood for like a nooner, you know, <laughs> you know, and I'm, and I'm waking up I love and I'm those noon my, games. Yeah. And I'm, I'm waking up and in my like undershirt and I'm just like bleary eyed and like, I don't want to do anything right now. And I'm, I'm wandering off to go get some trash waffles or something like that. Uh, I would put on uh, The Clash a lot, uh, particularly like London Calling, like the entire album of London Calling. I love Rudy Can't Fail. It's one of my all-time like college Saturday songs. I love that song for for college football. Um, so yeah, I, that was usually Spanish Bombs. That that would get me in the mood uh, for some Ohio State football and watching the, the mass of humanity kind of filter into Ohio Stadium. I, I always felt that was thematically appropriate. Um, so that was that was kind of on my playlist. Uh, um, I, I looked this up before you go on because uh, yeah, this, yeah, this so I want to go back. The the, the song that uh, we ripped off was called the University of California Drinking Song. So there you, go. you know okay. that's perfect. That's perfect. We ripped off Cal's drinking song. But they, hey, if they don't sing it, then it's ours. How about yeah. that? Yeah, you, no, you, you don't um, use it, you lose it. That's hilarious. That's all I'm saying. I love it. Um, so this next question here, this is St. Louis Wookiee. He wants to know, he says, I don't know if you remember a Saturday morning cartoon called Captain N, uh, but it was kind of a super team of good guys and villains from various Nintendo games. Uh, that was basically a Nintendo commercial. By the way, I don't remember Captain N. I'm aware of Captain N. Did not watch it. What I did watch was the Super Mario Brothers Super Show with <laughs> uh, Captain Lou, Al- what, Lou Albano. Is that How do you pronounce that guy's name? Captain, I always said it, Captain Lou Albano. Um, okay, Captain Lou Albano. So him playing uh, uh, Mario in the live action segments and uh, interacting with all of these other wrestlers who come in, <laughs> either playing uh, Nintendo characters or just themselves. And then also singing the theme song at the end, which I freaking love. You swing your arms from side to side. And he's like clearly <laughs> out of balance the entire time. It's amazing. Uh, so I did watch Captain N, definitely watched Super Mario Brothers Super Show. If you were to assemble this show today, uh, and take away the Nintendo characters only requirement, what five video game characters would make up your dream team? So iconic wise, what, who, who are you um, as we go through, uh, you know, these dark times, five video game characters, five video game characters, like, and, and classic iconic. Uh, so, you know, you're going to need some muscle. So maybe uh, let's go super old school and throw a Donkey Kong in there that's uh, that's that's your muscle guy Great choice you you need um you need somebody with uh, uh, a little firepower so maybe we're gonna have to go uh was it uh metroid was that uh in my old school vibe samus mm-hmm. from metroid metroid yeah yeah that's the game there right okay yeah samus yeah, from metroid samus is the, yeah although although you know i will say uh hearkening to my um undergraduate video game playing days my my weapons uh, expert might have to be Master Chief from Halo. I may I may have to switch okay. that one up there. But but I was a sucker for Metroid back in the day too. So let's see. I gotta have five. Uh, loved Street Fighter and Ooh, okay Street Fighter. I was probably um, I, I would play villains there. So uh, I would play M Bison a lot as my villain character on Street Fighter. But uh, also like Zangief. Uh, maybe because his boots were super cool and you know like me dude has a little hair on his legs so <laughs> um you know let's see my but that's four maybe we'll, we'll go with zangief over in bison 
I got I to gotta hit heavy uh, here to finish. Number five. This is tough. You know, let's, let's, let's change it up and say we're going to have Gonna have somebody who's gonna lighten the mood a little bit. We're gonna go with Yoshi from Oh, fantastic choice from the uh, Super Nintendo version of Mario, like the one that came with the Super Nintendo, and he just is eating the eggs. He's just happily <laughs> going along and eating the eggs. There, you, there you go. That's my super team. I, I like it. What do you uh, got, Johnny Lee? Okay, here's my super team. So I want to go with. Um, well, I, I kind of I struggled with this particular part of it, but I want to say it anyway. I want to go with Big Head Carl Malone from NBA Jam <laughs> with the caveat. <laughs> That fictional video game Carl Malone is not the monster that real life Carl Malone is. So fictional big head, like you know the the cheat code big head Carl Malone and NBA Jam, he's on fire. Like that's that he Carl Malone John Stockton was always my go to duo in that game. So I'm gonna say Carl Malone on that one. Big head Carl Malone can't be regular. He's got to be the got to be the code version. Yeah. Uh, I would say Link from Zelda. Link was I loved all of those Link. games growing yes, up. So big good. time fan. Uh, Kazuma uh, Kiryu from the Yakuza games. If you haven't played the Yakuza games, they are completely ridiculous, uh, extremely stupid games uh, where basically <laughs> uh, Yakuza members just grunt at each other and say say things are really low angry voices yeah that's how you know you're they, a mobster yeah yeah and they and they like all have very dramatic entrances before they rip off their jackets to reveal their badass yakuza tattoos on their back so yeah he's, he's super high up there uh so that's three um <laughs> i'm also gonna say yoshi but i'm gonna say yoshi from mario kart 64 because oh nice he was my dude that was that was my guy like so it's got to be in the cart and then if i'm gonna add another one um Man, that's a tough one because I'm going to say uh, Nathan Drake from the Uncharted games. I, I roll with him. I, that was that was those are like my favorite video game series of all time, and I'm a big Uncharted guy. So I would definitely say that's my my dream team. I think they'd be kicking a significant amount of ass. I think they'd be pretty good. Righteous, um, love it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great question. Thank you, St. Louis. Thank you for sending that in, and, and thank you, Johnny, for uh, bringing up Captain Captain Lou Albano. Uh, oh my God, dude! That made that made me chuckle. I had totally, I I saw that show um, once or twice. I did not watch it regularly. And I guess for that reason, I had totally either either not known or forgotten that Captain Lou played that role, and <laughs> that is hilarious to me. It's like, like Cap one of my Captain Lou's an incredible uh, an incredible character in his own right as Captain Lou. Yeah, you know, I mean, one of the all time greats. And I, I realize I uh, veer off into professional wrestling on this podcast way too much, um, but we've been watching you know some of the classics of wwf uh and so going back and watching some like 70s wwf matches from madison square garden and captain lou uh you know is just a fixture and was always hilarious love yeah the whole i it. mean the show itself if i don't i think they might have had it on netflix at some point or something like that the show itself is just trash like the actual animated <laughs> part is just completely ridiculous but the the live action parts are just freaking incredible and they they had in some of the most insane ridiculous people and and i always remember the one that struck out at me the most was when sergeant slaughter was on uh because i thought he was like a cool badass guy yeah, yeah. and that was the one that always stuck in my head when i was a kid but you know like cindy lopper was on the show and Vira and all well wait, of just... you, so you know 
like Cindy Lauper and Captain Lou collaborated on a few different things because I didn't know that. I yeah. Know so, that. so, um, I guess Lou, uh, was like appeared in several of her music videos. Huh? Um, I think he, I think he like portrayed her dad, um, in the video for girls just want to have fun. Um, I did not know that at all. That's yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, like they they met on a plane. If I'm reading the Wikipedia article correctly, <laughs> I like when you said Cindy Lauper. I remembered him doing something with her because I think she I think she came on WWF at some different times. Um, like Cindy Lauper, I, I don't know if she was at WrestleMania or something. Um, but yeah, yeah. So apparently, they became good friends uh, after mm. meeting on a plane. And the rest, as they say, is history. So, yeah, there you go. Captain Lou Albano. That's fantastic. A native of Italy, by the way. So, incredibly appropriate he played Mario. I think that's great. That's Yeah, that's um, it was kismet right there. Yeah. No, that's, that's hilarious. I did not know that. Uh, so, this question here is from uh, Jason. Uh, Jason's question is uh, about uh, the Amazon Prime series Upload, which I haven't read or haven't watched, but I've heard of it. Uh, and he asks, uh, the Amazon Prime series Upload depicts a near-future world in 2033 where humans are able to, quote, upload themselves into a virtual afterlife of their choosing. Like anything in a capitalist society, the more you spend, the better the afterlife. So there's tension around wealth, inheritance, et cetera. Um, as crazy as this sounds, Elon Musk Neuralink company is beginning to delve into brain-computer interfaces that might ultimately make this possible. And for those of you who don't know, I think you, like, put something in a pig a pig brain and and the pig can like do things with this pig brain, which I, I don't know. I don't know how it all worked. I think really what they did is they just made a pig feel really bad about himself. <laughs> <laughs> we just made a pig feel shame. That's what we did. We didn't really advance society or anything like that. We just made it feel really, really you've, terrible. You've about given this choices. pig clinical depression. Good. That's job. right. <laughs> That's the next step. The next step is to give it diabetes. It's going to be great. Um, so, so uh, Jason asks, uh, let's say that the upload fantasy becomes reality. Would you upload yourself when approaching your imminent demise? What is your end of life plan in this virtual new reality? I would not. Screw that. No, that sounds like <laughs> hell. I don't, I don't want that. When I'm done, I'm done. It, it, I will live, you know, in the, in the fleeting seconds that I have in, in life. If I'm going through my brain and, and re kind of reviewing my life's choices, if I've made mistakes, that's on me. I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not going out going like, nah, let's keep this thing rolling. I'm, I'm going to try to make everything uh, or do everything that I can to, to not have that impulse when I'm, when I'm finally ready to bounce. I, I probably uh, have to say the same thing. And you know, and it's interesting. I haven't, I haven't seen the show either. Uh, but you know, there have been variations on this theme um, over the years. I remember there was a movie and it wasn't talking about end of life so much, but there was a, there was a, a movie, gosh, it's probably been 10 or 15 years ago now. I feel like Bruce Willis was in it and maybe, um, oh, crumb, her name escapes Sixth me. Sense. <laughs> I'm kidding. Great, I'm just screwing with great, it. <laughs> great, 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 great movie. Um, the movie, I think it was called Surrogates. I think. Oh, was, okay. I know what you're talking about. And basically the idea was everybody sits at home in their apartments um, you know, in like a VR chair and their, their cybernetic, uh, surrogate is out in, you know, the cold crew world, right. You know, exposing themselves to the, the elements and disease and car crashes and all the vagaries of the real world, but your physical I'm glad body you finished is, that sentence the way you did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> your physical body is, uh, safe 
you know, back home in your, your residence or whatnot. Uh, right. But, but of course, you know, I think the, the tension in that movie is that I'm trying to remember cause it's been, I bet 10 years since I've seen it. Uh, the tension was somebody's surrogate committed a crime. And so then it was trying to figure out, you know, so you had these surrogate police officers, detectives trying to solve uh, a murder committed by a surrogate. And it, was it really the person uh, who, whose surrogate it was in other words did the real person commit the crime through their surrogate or was their surrogate hijacked oh i see what you're saying yeah so and it was an interesting movie but you know that the end of course um somehow i think i think the bruce willis character like shuts down the network of the surrogate so people have to come out right. into the real world again you know kind of reminds uh, me of ready player one a little bit and also of ghost in the shell a little bit yeah ghost yeah in right. the shell, so yeah, Ghost in the Shell is all about like that uploading, you know, your consciousness to a new body kind of thing and living on forever and whatnot. And, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of like you, you know. I now some of this, you know, not to get too serious, but but some of this, um, you know, my my particular uh, belief structure and and the way we were raised is, you know, when 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 you shuffle off this mortal coil, there's something waiting afterward, and so I mm-hmm. I, I tend to uh, you know believe uh, in in that. Um, so that probably colors my answer a little bit, but I'm, all, <laughs> I'm also probably inclined to say, here's the other thing. I don't trust Elon Musk to be the guy. That I'm <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, Hey guys, we perfected it. We figured it out. Everything's good. You're just going to go into another body. You're great. And then you end up in a pig and he's just laughing at your ass. Yeah. That's my thing. <laughs> where were you in 2020 dumbass <laughs> I mean, it's it's just like when we went through this craze of people freezing their heads because we were going to figure out you know how to unfreeze it later I, you know Poor ted I, williams yeah i'm just not i guess i'm not buying in that, that yeah. that's ever actually going to be a thing i don't uh, think so either and i get why people you know want for that to be a thing and and uh you know hope that we'll be able to solve some of the problems that that people have uh, now and disease issues and so on but nah i think <laughs> by the way ready player one if you've read the book teaches us that if you do indeed do that um your consciousness ends up in middletown for the rest of your life so like for all eternity so don't so do think, that so think that through <laughs> yeah just 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 consider just consider the consequences that's all i'm at that's all i'm saying <laughs> not to hate on my hometown too much but just think about it won't you <laughs> um so anyway that's that's ask us anything those are great questions yet again keep sending them in fantastic i love this stuff um you know when we when football happens and and let's assume that it does uh you know obviously we'll focus a little bit more on that but these questions are great and i love answering them and it's, it's always a good time so thank you for sending those in keep doing so and we'll keep uh keep giving you our answers so until next week and and maybe you know Maybe all of this is, is moot in the, literally the next 12 hours. Uh, but until then, until the next time we talk, uh, I'm Johnny. I'm Andy. And we'll see you in the future.